Rainbow Valley is a monthly podcast where your host Scott takes a look at key events and personalities that shaped one of the most influential, vibrant, tumultuous and swinging decades in history. Join us as we celebrate the 1960s with the stories surrounding the music and news events of the decade that shook the world. In the early part of the 1960s, there was a challenge to country music's Nashville sound. It came like a pincer movement, with the rival Bakersfield sound on one flank and the seemingly unstoppable British invasion on the other. The world of country music would be robbed suddenly of the beloved talents that were Patsy Cline and Jim Reeves, who would both die in airplane crashes. Nashville's pop song structure became more distinct with the gradual adaptation of what became known as countrypolitan music. This would be brought to the forefront by stars such as Glen Campbell, Charlie Rich, Lynn Anderson and Charlie Pride, and was categorised through the use of lavish string arrangements with a genuine orchestra and occasionally backing vocals provided by a choir. It was aimed at the middle of the road market and it sold well throughout the later 1960s and into the early 70s. The mid-60s would see Johnny Cash take a different, more ambitious route, releasing concept albums about the American West and the Indian a few years before rock bands would come up with the self-same idea. He would soon conceive of the ultimate concept album and an audacious idea that would propel his career. When Johnny Cash walked into the gloomy Folsom prison on January 13th, 1968, he had no idea how it would change his life or the course of popular music. Ladies and gentlemen, Rainbow Valley is proud to present the story of Johnny Cash at Folsom Prison. President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Some people are on the fence. They think it's all over. It is now. It's gone. That's one small step for man. Johnny Cash's early career at some records in the mid-50s denoted a turning point for country music. From the basic elements that were the base of Marshall Grant, the incredible guitar-playing skills of Luther Perkins, along with Cash's own chugging guitar and the sonorous sounds of his baritone voice, a new type of almost uncluttered style of country music would wow American audiences. I hear the train a-coming It's rolling around the bend 
The song, Folsom Prison Blues, was written by Cash and recorded at the Sun Studio in Memphis, Tennessee on July the 30th, 1955. Overseen by legendary producer Sam Phillips, and with Grant and Perkins accompanying him, the song was issued as a single and would eventually reach number four on the Billboard Country and Western bestsellers chart in early 1956. Whilst Cash was serving in the US Air Force in Germany in 1951, he saw a movie called Inside the Walls of Folsom Prison, directed by Crane Wilbur and starring Steve Cochran. It's largely forgotten and a forgettable movie today. It might even be fair to say that the film is only notable for the fact that it inspired Cash to write Folsom Prison Blues. Cash had formed a string and guitar band with other enlisted men called the Landsberg Barbarians, and Cash wrote the song from the perspective of a convicted, unrepentant killer. The line that would go on to get the biggest response from Cash's future audiences was, I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. Cash would recall writing the song and say years later that the line was imaginative, not autobiographical. I sat with a pen in my hand trying to think of the worst reason a person could have for killing another person, and that's what came to mind. And smoking big cigars, well I know I had it coming. I know I can't be free. But those people keep a moving, and that's what tortures me. As I walked on, the train began gradually to slow down. The scattered lights through the car windows led me to believe that it wasn't a regular stop. After the train halted, I stepped off for a breath of Middle Western air. What is not generally remembered about what's to eventually become one of Cash's signature songs is that he adapted it from a tune by Gordon Jenkins called Crescent City Blues. I say adapted in its loosest sense here as Cash actually uses the exact same lyrics to open the song. I hear the train a-coming It's rolling round the bend And I ain't been kissed, Lord Since I don't know when The boys in Crescent City Don't seem to know I'm here That lonesome whistle seems to tell me disappear. Cash would admit 40 years later that at the time he had no idea that he would become a professional recording artist and that he wasn't trying to rip anyone off. He had just heard the song while serving in the Air Force and had adapted it to his own style. When the song eventually became a hit, Cash paid Gordon Jenkins the sum of $75,000 after being sued for royalties. But I'm stuck in Crescent City Just watching life mosey by When I hear that whistle blowing ooh, I hang my head and cry
Johnny Cash would stay with some records until July 1958, with four singles hitting the top of the Billboard Country and Western chart, including one of his most famous songs, I Walk the Line. Cash signed up with Columbia and spent nearly 30 years with the label, where he would go on to have eight number one albums across a span of eight years. But as the hits continued and Cash became a bigger and bigger star, the problems began. Cash was addicted to amphetamine and band members would recall how he would be impossible to work with when he was stoned and a self-destructive streak would seem to take over. He would end up in jail several times but these would just be for one night at a time for various misdemeanours. Johnny Cash's touring shows in the 1960s were more akin to full-blown reviews. They were something special. Cash would have fun and play up to the crowd, mixing cheerful banter along with his famous songs. As well as Marshall Grant and Luther Perkins, Johnny would now be touring with a drummer, as well as rock and roll legend Carl Perkins, the Statler Brothers, and the love of his life, June Carter. Carter's mother, Maybell, would also perform along with his daughters, Helen and Anita. Up until 1968, before the age of psychedelia and bands such as the Grateful Dead would make the concept album more prevalent, the thought of such an idea was relatively unheard of, particularly in the world of country music. Cash had released what could be described as a concept-type album in 1964 with the release of Bitter Tears, Ballads of the American Indian. An Americana album, it was a spirited and angry essay about the suffering and betrayals, violence and indifference visited upon the Native Americans. And if concept albums were a rarity, even more so was the release of live albums, or to be more specific, successful and popular live albums. Until the release of Folsom in 68, there were probably only two notable exceptions. James Brown's 1962 album Live at the Apollo, which was only released after Brown himself funded the project after being rejected by his own label, and B.B. King's Live at the Eagle from 1964. And of course, there will be live historic jazz recording greats such as John Coltrane and Thelonious Monk. But a live country album? It was unheard of. In 1858, a decision was made to construct a branch prison in California to relieve the serious overcrowding at San Quentin. Ten years later, a site was selected one mile from the town of Folsom on the east bank of the American River on ground adjoining what was known in the early days as Stony Bar, a mining ravine from which great quantities of gold had been taken. Construction began in 1878, utilising the unlimited amount of native stone for the buildings and walls. The American River itself would form one natural boundary of the prison. Folsom was one of America's first maximum security prisons. It received its first inmates in July 1880, who were all transferred by boat and then by train from San Quentin. The first female prisoner was received in 1885, although only six were ever incarcerated and none since 1929. 
There were five cell blocks containing a total of 1,700 cells with a maximum capacity of just short of 2,000 inmates spread across an area totaling 1,000 acres. Johnny Cash was no stranger to performing in prison. He had performed at a prison rodeo as early as 1956 and soon after was asked to play at San Quentin. In the audience was a young inmate by the name of Merle Haggard who would soon be following the trail to the world of country music himself. And in fact, Johnny Cash would go on to perform at Folsom in November 1966, two years prior to the recording of the legendary album. And so, in order to bring Cash's dream of a live album, a concept album and a country music album together, he would have to take a gamble by performing at Folsom, documenting the whole event and releasing the outcome for the whole world to hear. Cash was making more than just a figurative gesture by recording the event. He wanted to make the public more aware of conditions in the by now nearly 100 year old institution and also just to make some kind of difference to the inmates' lives, even if only for just an hour. Cash's son, John Carter Cash, would say following his father's death that Cash knew that he was singing for murderers, rapists and killers. But he also knew that he was singing for people that were suffering greater hardships than they were due. Johnny Cash is one of the very few artists to be banned from the Grand Old Opry. He earned his banishment after smashing the floor lights out of a microphone in 1965, and it was actions such as this that were earning the country star a bad boy reputation. And to onlookers from the country music scene as well as the public, it would seem that Cash was more comfortable playing in a prison than in the Grand Old Opry. So what exactly was the concept idea of the album? Cash decided that as well as playing live in front of a crowd of prisoners, each song would be prison related. Not just some peculiar stunt, but in a way a quite audacious manner to go forward. After all, the world had been taken aback by Sgt Pepper released the previous summer, and the record buying public was slowly getting used to the idea of a concept album. But this was a live concept album, overtly designed for those who were evidently the dregs of society. And if you look at it this way, it could be argued that it is a much more courageous and unflinching record than anything the Beatles, or anyone else for that matter, had released. On January the 10th, 1968, Johnny Cash and his entourage consisting of June Carter, the Tennessee Three, the Statler Brothers, Carl Perkins, as well as reporters and photographers, all booked into the El Rancho Motel in Sacramento prior to the recording date set for three days later. Cash wanted the show to be perfect, as this would be seen by the public as something as a comeback, and certainly it was a huge deal for him as it would be his chance to make an impact following years of drug abuse. At the motel, one particular song was rehearsed at length. It was entitled Greystone Chapel, and had been written by a foursome inmate called Glenn Shirley, who was currently serving time there for armed robbery. 
Shirley himself had recorded the song whilst inside, and a copy had made its way to Johnny Cash via the prison's pastor. Shirley was completely unaware that his song was to be included on the set list. And so, on January 13th, 1968, the Johnny Cash show took to the stage in the canteen at Folsom Prison. There were two performances that day, one at 9.40 in the morning and another at 12.40 in the afternoon. Are we there? Listen, Morgan? All right, gentlemen. My name is Hugh Cherry. I'm a radio newsman from Los Angeles. And uh, on behalf of John and the band and the Statlers and Perkins and June and everybody, we'd like to tell you how much we appreciate being here and we appreciate your providing us an audience. Now, I'm sure most of you realize that this is a recording session. It's the first time this sort of thing has ever been done within the walls of a prison. We're grateful to the warden here for allowing it to be done at Folsom. Now, the important thing is that you enjoy yourselves, respond, because you are a part of the album, and that you are a very, very important part, and if you hear something you like, react in kind. Even before Cash himself performed, there was to be a couple of opening acts, as was now traditional with a Cash review show. First to greet the audience was disc jockey Hugh Cherry, who would act as compare, and first to face the crowd of nearly 1,000 inmates was Carl Perkins, with what else but blue suede shoes. It's a one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, now go, man, go, but don't you ever my blues raise you. You can do anything but lay hard for my blues raise you. You can knock me down, step in my face, slander my name all over the place. Do anything that you want to do, uh-uh, baby, lay off of my shoes, and don't you. Next up was the Statler brothers, who despite their name, only two of the four members were brothers, and they weren't even called Statler. They performed their hit Flowers on the Wall, followed by the rock and roll classic This Old House. Well, this old house... This old house was to my wife. This old house was home comfort as we fought the storms of life. This old house was rank laughter, and this old house heard many shouts. When that trembles in the darkness, and when the lightning walks about. I ain't gonna need this house no longer, ain't gonna need this house no more. Ain't got time, ain't got time, ain't got time, ain't got time to all the images. Hugh Cherry would then return to the stage and make the following announcement. I'm getting ready to meet the same. Okay, we're ready to do the record session. You ready? All right, all right. Now, I need your help. When John comes out here, he will say, and which will be recorded, Hi there, I'm Johnny Cash. When he says that, then you respond. Don't respond to him walking out. Welcome him after he says, Johnny Cash. I'll have my hands up, and you just follow me. Okay, you ready? We're ready. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. There would be only one song that could possibly open a show like this. 
I hear the train a coming, it's rolling around a bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. I'm stuck in Folsom Prison, and time keeps dragging on. But that train keeps a rolling on down the San Antonio. When I was just a baby, my mama told me, son, Always be a good boy, don't ever play with guns But I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die When I hear that whistle blowing, I hang my head and cry And from then on, Cash would connect with that audience of murderers, thieves and rapists with a set list specially selected to echo their feelings of hopelessness, alienation, loneliness and misery. And smoking big cigars Well I know I had it coming I know I can't be free There were prison songs such as The Wall There's a lot of strange men In cell block 10 But the strangest of them all Was a friend of mine Who spent his time Staring at the wall Staring at the wall As he looked at the walls So strong and tall You could hear him softly curse Nobody at all Ever climbed that wall But I'm gonna be the first I'm gonna be the first 25 minutes to go We'll get the crowd cheering With its theme of gallows humour Well, they're building a gallows Outside my cell And I've got 25 minutes to go And the whole town's waiting just to hear me yell I got 24 minutes to go Well, they gave me some beans for my last meal With 23 minutes to go But nobody asked me how I feel I got 22 minutes to go Well, I sent for the governor and the whole darn bunch With 21 minutes to go And I called up the mayor, but he's out to lunch I got 20 more minutes to go Then the sheriff said, boy, I'm gonna watch you die With 19 minutes to go So I laughed in his face and I spit in his eye and ever the entertainer, Cash acted like a true comedian now and then, laying on the jokes mostly about himself. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, sorry about that little interruption there, but I just want to tell you that this show is being recorded for an album release on Columbia Records, and you can't say hell or shit or anything like that. How does that grab you, Bob? <laughs> Next will be Orange Blossom Special, followed by some slower ballads including Send a Picture of Mother and The Long Black Veil, which would reduce the hardest of men there almost to tears. Ten years ago, on a cold dark night, 
Someone was killed neath the town hall lights. There were few at the scene, but they all agreed that the slayer who ran looked a lot like me. She walks these hills in a long black veil. She visits my grave when the night winds wave. Nobody knows, nobody sees, nobody knows but me. There are even novelty songs from Cash's 1966 album Everybody Loves a Nut, including Dirty Old Egg Sucking Dog, Flush from the Bathroom of Your Heart, and Joe Bean. From the back door of your life, you swept me out, dear. In the breadline of your dreams, I lost my place. At the table of your love, I got to brush off At the Indianapolis of your heart I lost the race I've been washed down the sink Of your conscience In a theater of your love I lost my part And now you say you've got me out of your conscience I've been flushed from the bathroom of your heart Eventually Cash was joined on stage by June Carter for two duets Jackson and I Got a Woman This was followed by the seven-minute legend of John Henry's Hammer. Johnny Cash would take a breather at this point to permit June to recite the following poem. Why don't you do a poem for us, you person? Really? One of your little funnies. You want to do one? Could I do one of my favorite poems? Yeah. Tell you kind of what kind of a little girl I am. Huh? It goes up. Uh, June, come here, over here on this mic. It sounds better. Okay. <laughs> this is one of my favorites. It goes. I went out to milk the old cow one day with my stool and my bucket and my fork full of hay. I flung down the bucket and I flopped on my stool. I said, be still, bossy, you stubborn old fool. Be still now, bossy, quit jumping around. I've been out all night just a-sneaking around. She looked sympathetic with her eyes big and brown and said, just hang on and I'll jump up and down. (laughs) Oh, Brenda. Shade of the old oak 
tree as they lay Neath the green, green grass of home And finally, following his version of the green, green grass of home Johnny Cash announced the final song Thank you very much. This next song was written by a man right here in Folsom Prison. And last night was the first time I've ever sung this song. And we may be a little bit rough on it today. We have to do it twice, and we'll definitely do it again on our next show in order to try to get a good recording of it, because it is new, and it may be released as a single record out of the album. I'm not sure. Anyway, this song was written by our friend Glenn Shirley. And there, sitting in the front row, completely unaware of what was to happen, was Glenn Shirley. Uh, hope we do your song justice, Glenn. We're going to do our best. What key do we do it in? <laughs> he leapt out of his seat, a grin beaming right across his face and reached out to shake Cash's hand. A perfect ending to the performance. An emotional song about deliverance written by one of the inmates there in the audience. The whole concept had come full circle. Inside the walls of prison, my body may be, but my Lord has set my soul free. There's a grey stone chapel here at Folsom. A house of worship in this den of sin You wouldn't think that God had a place here at Folsom But he saved the soul of many lost men The album would consist of 15 tracks from the first show but only two from the second Give My Love to Rose and I Got Stripes Stands a hundred years old made of granite rocks takes a ring of keys to move. The first show could have been more polished. There are plenty of slip-ups and forgotten lyrics that are even more evident if you listen to the Ultimate Edition released 40 years later. Inside the walls of prison, my body But Cash would have history on his side, and the entire significance of the notion behind the recording would make up for any failings as far as he was concerned. men here that don't ever worship there are men here four months after the historic recording Columbia Records released at Folsom Prison on May the 25th 1968 where it would reach number 32 on the Hot 100 and number one on the country and western chart thank the Lord for helping me each day now this grey stone chapel here at Folsom it has a touch of God's hand on every stone. It's a flower of light in a field of darkness. And it's given me the strength. The album stayed on the country music charts for 90 weeks and in the Billboard Top 200 for 122 weeks. The album was certified gold in the fall of 1968 and certified triple platinum in 2003.
When you look back at the other artists on the chart that day, there was Stevie Wonder, Aretha Franklin, James Brown, Otis Redding and The Temptations. The significance of the album hits home even more when you see it standing apart from the mob of Motown and R&B performers. Cash would receive Grammys for the album for Best Album Notes 1969 and for the single Force and Prison Blues he would be honoured with the award for Best Country Vocal Performance Male 1969. single release of Folsom Prison Blues would not go with some degree of controversy, however. The song was hastily pulled from radio station playlists following the June the 5th assassination of Robert Kennedy. The lyrics, I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die, were considered too offensive after the senator's death. The single, however, was quickly re-released by Columbia after having been edited despite protests from Cash although the public appeared to welcome the decision and the single returned to the airwaves in its new form. And at the risk of peeping behind the curtain and spoiling the magic created that day in 1968, it was said that the prisoners were not as boisterous throughout the concert as the recording might lead us to believe. They were careful throughout the performance of False and Prison Blues not to applaud or cheer through fear of retaliation from the guards. Cheers you hear on the album following the line I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die were added in post-production. Cash would record another prison concept album, this time at San Quentin in 1969, and he would be offered a regular primetime show by ABC. It would appear that Johnny Cash had finally conquered his demons. Cash would become a champion for prison reform, and riots and murders at San Quentin and Attica in 1971 would ensure that the subject was forefront in the minds of the public. Cash would go to Capitol Hill the following year to lobby not only a Senate committee, but also Richard Nixon on the need for change. The album would inspire artists such as B.B. King, who would record a live album in Cook County Jail in 1970, and Bob Dylan, who would champion and help to free Reuben Hurricane Carter. The person whose life would be most affected by the album was probably Glenn Shirley, the inmate who penned Greystone Chapel. Shirley was released from Folsom in 1971, partly on the assurance that Cash would help him with his music career. Cash was true to his word. He got a label to release a live album that Shirley recorded in jail, and then included Shirley as part of his live show after he was paroled. Eventually, Glenn Shirley's behaviour became erratic and he would turn to booze and drugs. Shirley turned his back on his music and his family, who up to this point were so proud of the man who had managed to turn his life around. And after a brief spell working for a cattle company, he took his own life with a shotgun in 1978. 
No blame was placed on Johnny Cash for Glenn Shirley's actions, and Cash covered the cost of Shirley's funeral himself. Cash would return for another concert at Folsom in 1977, although this was never recorded, and he would give up prison appearances completely by the end of the decade as he began to realise his lobbying, although well-intentioned, was just proving to be a futile gesture. And one final word on the suit. The Folsom concert was documented both on vinyl and by photographers. Looking back at these photographs now, Cash truly epitomises what was cool about the 60s. The double-breasted black jacket with blood-red lining, patent leather loafers and slick back hair were all worn as a mark of the singer's respect for his fans no matter who they were, what they'd done and where he happened to be performing. The man in black had truly performed in front of the men in blue and created not only one of the greatest country albums of all time by capturing one of the greatest live performances for all to hear, he had managed to pull back his career from the brink of destruction with one of the greatest albums of all time. Next time, why don't you join me as I tell the story of the man who in 1963 had a dream, and that dream was slowly beginning to come true. But there were still many bridges left to cross for Dr. Martin Luther King, and none more difficult than the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Alabama. In order to secure voting rights for blacks, it would take an outpouring of public feeling and emotion following what would become known as Bloody Sunday. Join me next time as I bring you the story of Martin Luther King and the March for Freedom from Selma to Montgomery. Thanks for listening. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at RV underscore podcast. Join our Facebook group at Facebook forward slash Rainbow Valley Podcast and take a look at our website, rainbowvalley.org. Send us your thoughts and feedback by email to rainbowvalleypod at gmail.com. This has been a Stinking Paws production. Somebody keep telling me don't hang around. It's been a long, a long time coming. But I know a change gonna come Oh, yes it will